This podcast is brought to you by The Learning Connection, School of Creativity and Art, tlc.ac.nz. So kia ora. Dan, it gives me great pleasure to welcome you along. Thanks. Can we have a big round of applause for Dan Ross? <laughs> so Dan, um, back a few years back, did TLC find you or did you find TLC? Uh, I found TLC because I wanted an art school that wasn't you have to do this. This looked more like we let you find your own thing. I was like, oh, never heard of this. Great. So. And where were you at that time? Auckland. Yeah, excellent. And what were you, do- what were you doing up in Auckland at that period of time? Uh, gardening. Sweet. Boring. Yeah. <laughs> really, really boring. And yet, did you grow up in Auckland, or was that just a place you were residing in, or? Uh, yeah, yeah, most of my. Yeah, West Auckland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Um, what about creativity in the early parts of your life, like growing up as a young child? Have you always been creative or it's something that's just... Yeah, yeah, since, since Fi High, like yeah. always drawing something since six, seven years old. Excellent. What yeah. are some of your earliest childhood memories of creativity or drawing? Uh, like T-Rexes with stick arms. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, uh, my, my parents embarrass me by showing me all the stuff they've kept over the years, you know. <laughs> Fish and dinosaurs and hedgehog cartoons and excellent. Yeah. So similar themes have carried on through the work that you've done, like in terms of yeah. animals and creatures. And so um, still, still like doing a lot of animal artwork. Yeah, yeah. excellent. And so um, your time at the Learning Connection. What was it like coming into to TLC from from Auckland and finding your feet? No, uh, different. Yeah. Yeah. So lear- learning a lot of different techniques that I'd never had any, none, well I'd, I'd had interest in them, I just didn't know how you did it really. Excellent. So, so it wasn't just drawing anymore, you could printmaking, ceramics, whatever, you know, you could, like I'd, I'd, I'd never done any ceramics before coming here, so. Fantastic. Yeah. And did you do the certificate program to begin with? Yeah. Yeah. How did you find um, the certificate program in terms of what was available and how you began your creative journey, journey oh, at TLC? It just makes you think differently. Hmm. Great. I think that's a great response because um, so the idea of art and creativity, I think, yeah. um, with the range of approaches, it just embraces that idea of creativity and what could occur. Yeah. And what did you nat- naturally start to gravitate um, during that first term or two at TLC? Uh, well, after foundation, I basically just became part of the furniture in printmaking and illustration because yeah. that was that's suddenly the light goes on and I go, oh, this is. You know, this is what I really want to do. Mm, so just living over in that building there, not really wanting to go home. <laughs> just like crank out print, you know, print, 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 yeah. or illustration, just hours spent doing that. Like, oh, that's and in terms of subject matter, because you're obviously finding a material to start expressing yourself, <coughs> in terms of subject matter, where were you finding your influences? Were you looking online? Was it people around you? How uh, did you source the... The references <coughs> for yourself to express. It's it's old obsessions. Mm. Sharks, uh, history. Always been a history nerd, so a lot of that keeps coming up mm. with stuff that I do. Excellent. So own personal interests are then expressed in visual form. Yeah. Mm. And um, we've got a couple of Dan Rosses at home. We've got a print, which I think my son bought from you at one of the markets, yeah. as well as the um, the comic that you started right. to uh, mm. develop. When did that start to happen? Uh, the, that was Ian's idea. Like I, I, 
um, just as an experiment, I started one page of a comic book, hmm. and it happened to be 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, and he's like, oh, you should run off with it and do the whole thing. I'm like, really? <laughs> I'm like, all right. So I took the book, uh, got a copy of the book, and took out what I didn't like, and wrote a script, and hmm. started doing that. Fantastic. I mean, it's self-published, but there was more effort put into it, so I can't call it a zine. It's just a self-published comic book, hmm. really. I remember the quote of my son, who would have been about six or seven at the time, this guy must be one of the best drawers in the world, Dad. <laughs> no, like, I've, I've seen some guys that are up here that yeah. I could never get to that, you know. Like, yeah. I'm, like I'm jealous of stuff that I see online, or I, I go to an exhibition and I see stuff, I'm like, ah, oh, I wish, you know. It's great, you're you always thinking about, you know, uh, what you want to obtain to, and what yeah. you, yeah, that, yeah, I think that's fantastic, because, I mean, your, great, your work's got a great technical skill, which has obviously continued to develop and will still continue to develop. Yeah. Um, and so during your time at TLC, there was, there was a, a comic on the go, or a story, a visual story on the go. Mm. What were some of the other projects you um, embraced? Uh, well, Marcy brings out all the creativity that I need, like printmaking. Uh, if, if, if she hadn't sort of got me running with that, I'd, I wouldn't really be doing it, but she sort of introduced it, and I was like, ah. Awesome. Mm. So, so I'm still doing printmaking. So. And how do you find that as a process? What do you, what do you enjoy about the printmaking? Uh, it's cheap. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like like all you need is one plastic plate mm. and an image, and then you can just. So so you can do that wherever the library, on the train, as long as it's not too bouncy. You know, you can just wherever you are, you could be up on the top of a mountain somewhere and sketching away. Excellent. Did you constantly see yourself evolve during your time here? Were there times where it felt like it plateaued? or yeah. Not really, because I look at stuff from like 2011 and I look at it, stuff I did last week and I'm like, oh, yeah, there's definitely, n not just technique, but I've sort of, sort of mastered a few things that I was just finding out how to do, so now it's over there. So mm. yeah, definitely. And it was great we caught up last week and you were telling me about sort of, you know, that desire to express and that you hadn't had that chance to for a wee while and then having that time to come to the Learning Connection and, and build upon your, your skills and that creativity. And you, I think you've saying to me recently, it's like a, you, you have a, a desire, you like a ha have a have to to express. Yeah, it, it, it feels weird when I'm not. Like, I, I, I don't really know what to do with my hands. It's kind of like a, like a smoker who's given up smoking. You, like, they don't really know what to do with their hands. <laughs> so if I'm not drawing, I don't really, I'm like, I don't know. It's, mm. a, it's a weird, it, it's, it's not an obsession. It's just like, well, it is, but mm. it's, it's like, you know, it's, it's a create, it's a positive um, obsession. It's not like, you know, mm. like, you know, I'm not itching because I'm on crack, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's a good, you know, addiction. Yeah, for sure. Because oh, you've channeled yeah. your energy beautifully. Yeah. And in the different programs, what was it like working yourself through diploma into diploma honours into advanced challenges along the way? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just sort of getting to the, towards the end, I didn't want to leave. That was the only challenge for me. Mm. How did you bridge that stepping stone? So how did you consider your, the idea of sustainable creativity once you were leaving the learning connection? Uh, I had no idea because I didn't have, didn't have a plan. I was mm. just like, ah, why can't I stay here for another year? Yeah. Um, so the, that, that's the biggest challenge is maintaining it. Like we, what we were talking about, like once there isn't that structure, 
who's kicking you up the bum to make art mm. anymore? Mm. Nobody. You got to, you know, keep that train, uh, you know, chugging along. Otherwise, you just sort of. Well, that's right. That creative momentum. Yeah. And um, just going back a few steps, we'll talk a bit more about what you're currently doing. But opportunities along the way. I mean, uh, the illustration show. I can't remember the year. Was it 2013 or? Yeah. Yeah. What was it like collaborating and connecting with others? Oh, that was cool. Um, that's one of the instances where I'm jealous of other people. I'm like, ah, you could, mm. <laughs> like, you know, because the, the stuff on that show I can do better now, but it was still good. Mm. And what was, that, what was that feeling like, putting yourself out there beyond, say, the walls of TLC to suddenly being seen by potentially hundreds or thousands of people on a, on a bigger scale? It's intimidating, but if they don't like it, they don't like it. It's not like people get angry at you for expressing you. So there's no real risk mm. when you look at it. You think, well, you know, if you don't like it, you just don't buy it. <laughs> yeah, sure. you know, nobody's up in my face going, what are you doing? Mm. Because I don't do controversial art. Mm. It's commercial, so, you know, it's, it's not like, you know, a naked painting of the Pope that's going to make people go, what is this? Yeah. You know, so it's not, it's not controversial. Mm -hmm. So... And the team dynamics of working in a crew as such as these peeps here, I know some of them are still connected to the linear connection, others have moved on towards their own sustainable creativity. Yeah, it's, it's fun, it gets you to think outside. Hmm. Awesome. And what about some of the things that you did in terms of being seen online or the idea of um, a website or using social media? How did that develop for you as an artist? Uh, you just sort of, it's, it's, one of the, it's one of the things you just kind of have to do. Mm. I mean, you can run around and show people stuff in the real world, and I do, uh, but you could talk about it to some guy in Vietnam online. So, yeah, it's, it's got its perks. And I wouldn't have got where I am now without putting it online because obviously they saw it and called me. So, mm. yeah, uh, it's, it's great, really. Could you talk more about that? Because that's quite interesting. So you left the linear connection, yeah. and then what were you doing for that time after? Uh, nothing. Yeah. I was just <laughs> unemployed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I got a random phone call from Weta, and they saw what I'd done, and they were like, hey, we want you. I'm like, okay, fine. Wow. It's like, I, I'm not going to say, oh, no, I've got, uh, you know, I'm so busy. I've got <laughs> things to do. I'm like, no. I, <laughs> you know, it's like you catch the bus and you go. And I had to move a house, mm. but of course I'm going to move. I'm like, yeah, fine. It's so fascinating because you told me when we caught up last week how you considered maybe approaching Weta, but you didn't feel like you were good enough. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd heard stories about the long hours and mm. how draining it is, and it kind of is. Yeah. Um, but no, I'd, I'd, uh, back then I wasn't, I'd, I never would have given a portfolio and been like, mm. yeah, because I'm really critical of my stuff. I'm like, no, no, it's, it's, not, mm. it's not good enough. Well, but and what was it like getting that, uh, that call to say, hey, we'd like to see more of your work? Uh, out of the blue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and how, off, how quick was the turnaround from that phone call to suddenly starting to work at Weta in, um, in Wellington? Uh, a couple of days. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Do you consider it fairly life-changing? Yeah. Yes. Hmm. But at the end of the day, uh, it's, it's still what I've been doing since I was five years old. Hmm. I'm just better at it. Yeah. So, so it's still aligned to your own journey. Yeah, like, you know, I, I, I haven't run off to Russia to be a firefighter. It's, it, <laughs> it, it hasn't changed who I am. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it is nice to be acknowledged and paid for it. So Excellent. Yeah. Awesome. That just, yeah, the development of a career. Yeah. 
and tell us what's it like working for Whittier? Are you able to uh, keep your styles or do you have to change your style? What's it like? Uh, well, you can't labour over something like that. I spent about, geez, I don't know, weeks on the thing mm. and I don't even like it. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, you just got to, we need this done by Friday. Next one. You know, you can't be precious about it. Mm. You can't be, you know, six weeks on something. Sure. It's just out the door. Quick turn around. Out the door. Mm. Which is fine. Do you still continue to do you have to do you have to adopt a certain style or you still get to embrace the way you work? Uh well I I like to be real tight, so I've had to loosen up mm. and just yeah. yeah. Next thing. Excellent. And what's it like working in those team environments? I <laughs> like I've got friends but I don't like people. And I know that sounds <laughs> weird. But like uh what was it? Um did you ever read um, uh, Peanuts, like Charlie Brown? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, like Linus said, um, uh, people I like, it's humanity I can't stand. <laughs> and that's kind of me. Like, I've I, I got nothing against the, uh, the team environment, that's fine, but I, I kind of just like to sit over there and do my own thing. Do your own thing. So, yeah, it's fine. And yeah. does the, do you get inspired by what you do at Weta for your own work, or does your own work inspire what you do at Weta? Or is there a, are they separate? <laughs> Yeah, uh, like the photography that I've started up is is a way to get away from it, mm. which sounds too negative. But like, uh, did, it, did I tell you about my chef friend? Yeah. Like, like he loved cooking, yeah. and so he said, "Oh, I'm gonna just uh, study and be a chef because he loved it so much." And he chucked it in. He said, "I can't do it. The pressure is too much. It makes me hate it." Mm. Threw it away. Um, and that hasn't happened to me, but it's not something that I love to do. I don't function very well under pressure, mm. whether it's, you know, someone saying, ah, oh, we need this by Friday, it, uh, ah, mm. it makes me all tight-chested. Mm. I but suppose it's like being commissioned, isn't it, for, for works, but at quite a frequent rate. Yeah, but, but, but I'm still grateful for the job. Mm. It's, a, a, it's a good gig. So, yeah. And do you continue but to work on your own other illustration pro projects, creativity projects and printmaking? Yeah, yeah, um, uh, I'm collaborating with a guy writing a script for a um, sci-fi comic book. Mm. Um, uh, he, he writes, I draw, because I can't really write mm. anything. It's Interesting with collaboration in terms of having two parties or more parties working together creatively. Yeah, yeah, um, and the, there's a um, non-fiction thing that I want to get going about the, um, the sinking of the USS Indianapolis and the sharks eating all the survivors. Mm. It's, <laughs> it's grim, I know, but that's me. Like, that's, you know, that, that dark pit of history that, like, I, you know, I researched it. Nobody's done a graphic novel. Mm. Nobody. Mm. Like, I, there's probably obvious reasons why <laughs> they didn't. But, but I want to. It's got yeah. sharks. It's got, you know, yeah. it's got World War II stuff. It's got everything. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, that you're working still within your own intrinsic motivation in terms of, you know, what you're interested in, what you're connecting with, yeah. how can you express it. I think that's what keeps creative people going. Yeah, I mean, we've all heard the Normandy landings, blah, 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 same old story. I'm like, I want to dig a little deeper and mm. something that nobody's ever... Sure. Well, it's, a, it's a way of educating and a way of creating awareness of things that have happened around us as well. <coughs> yeah, the more history I read, the more obscure stories and I'm scratching my head going, why has nobody ever talked about this? Mm. Mm, great. Mm. Unearth. Yeah. <coughs> and it's interesting you talk about politics and that's the thing I think any creative 
um, goes through phases throughout their creative journey of expressing um, stories or expressing what they're you know, observing. Hmm. And that, that might change over the course of a, a career as well. Yeah, I, I, the, there's certain things that I don't do anymore. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And um, what other projects are you hoping to work towards, Dan? Uh, a properly published book at some point. There's a publisher that I'm talking to and we might be able to get a book published, published, not just me, you know, printing one off. Mm. Actually put something out there. Mm. Excellent. Do you have uh, inspirations like, is it music, is it reading, <coughs> is it the taste of a cup of tea that kind of keeps you inspired by what you're doing? No, I, 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 I can't stand the taste of tea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not a like British grandmum, so I don't drink tea. <laughs> and apologies to tea drinkers. <laughs> no, I'm uh, Nick Cave on the headphones. Uh, outdoors because I hate being stuck in, an, in a building all the time because that's work. Mm. So if I'm doing my own thing, I like to be outside somewhere. Mm. And you talked about that um, photography group mm. behind the lens uh, for Wellington. Mm -hmm. and it's interesting, eh, becoming part of those different social media groups and contributing and sharing what you do and the, the feedback that you get from those sorts of things. Yeah. Mm. And like you said, it's a bit of an outlet compared to what else you do. Yeah. Do you want to talk more about some of the specific creative things that you've done? Um, any of the images that we've got up here? Talk into a bit more detail if you like. Sure. So, okay, is this a, this is a print? Yeah, yeah, it's a dry point. Yeah, tell us about the process. Uh, well, it's actually pretty easy because the, there's nothing below the neck. You can just do a flat roll of black on that. It's just the face. You've got to etch in or where all the shadows are. Mm. Only took a couple of hours to do that. Mm. What, I, what I really notice in your work is there's a great technical quality that comes through in all the pieces. There's that perspective and that visual balance. For you, is that just something that builds over time? And that you've something you've just built over time? or? Well, you, you, you do anything for 20 years, you're going to get good at it. Mm. Yeah, pretty well said. Do you try to add personality to what you create, or is it just something that seems to naturally occur in the imagery? It's, you, I don't know if it's any deeper than just sort of wanting to get the obsessions and ideas and neuroses out of your head and put them on paper. Mm. It's, it's like therapy mm. for me to go, you know, you've had a crap day, or you've just broken up with someone, or I don't know, maybe you've won the lottery, whatever it is, you pour it in. You, Mm. Uh, somebody will look at that and go, oh, that's cool. And, but I'll be like, oh, I remember when I did that. And oh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, there's a history behind everything. Definitely. It oh, just <laughs> a bit like your visual footprints. Yeah, yeah. So there's some stuff that I can't look at. I'm like, oh, God, you mm. know, I remember. Like, <laughs> but there's some stuff I'm like, oh, that's brilliant. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm happy with it for once because I'm really critical about a lot of stuff. But I'm like, no, it's all right. But, uh, I can stand it. I remember Jonathan Milne being asked in a hooey once what he thought about art, uh, art therapy. And he said, just, you can get rid of the word therapy, it's all art. And I thought that was quite fascinating. Yeah. Because all our art is just channeled <laughs> observation, emotion, every, everything else. Sure. What about growing up? Was it stories? Was it TV, pop culture? Yeah, just curious uh, about some of the images that we're seeing up here and uh, how they, you know, 
Oh, it's called having no social life. <laughs> <laughs> just movies, and, and f I had friends, but they're all like me, just mm. very sort of introverted and neurotic, and well, they just wanted to hang out and draw and write, and just, you know, you, you, f you find other people with the same obsessions. Mm, exactly. And this beautiful image um, was on the poster. We did the poster, obviously, uh, advertise the artist talk. Um, when did this happen during your program? Was it early on? Was it later on? This uh, wonderful piece? Not too long after that combined exhibition at St. James. Mm. The detail and the patterning is just incredible. It's, um, it, it's, not the, it's not the detailing on the chameleon that's the biggest effort. The biggest effort is getting the rainbow roll to look right. Mm. So the the etching was relatively easy. The, I, I I just did that in one day, yeah. but I went through like a, you know several tries to get that from you know that that gradient rainbow thing going. It's pretty good on the projector, but even better on my screen. But just that subtlety, the all the mark making, it's yeah. amazing to look at. It looks three D. <laughs> and but, um, the the actually the cotton bud. This is the most difficult thing. So, sorry to interrupt. I just no, it's fine. Because <coughs> if you rainbow, rainbow roll that plate, obviously the whole plate is going to be one flat colour. So you have to get in there with a cotton bud into all those little bits in the branches. That's actually the most difficult part because you've got to get rid of all that colour mm. so it's just crisp as possible. Otherwise, one little tiny speck and the whole thing just... Yeah, so... <laughs> Beautiful. And your work's been seen at markets and you were involved in a collaborative exhibition down at Odlands Gallery. Yeah. Um, what do you take away from the idea of exhibiting your work and letting others see it? Make a little bit of money on the side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it's nice to get feedback. Mm. I mean, I know what I like, but I, I, the, the thing in Newtown a while back, like I, I learned not to cater too much to what I thought people would be happy about because I did a bunch of stuff for a market which was like, you know, native birds and stuff that's nice, you know, <laughs> nice art. <laughs> <laughs> and none of it sold. All, all the creepy fish and weird stuff that, that I like, yeah. it, w it was all gone. I'm like, Fantastic. okay. Maybe so people yeah. sense today. In the yeah, so, so I'm not going to bother with, with nice art. <laughs> it's just all the nasty weird stuff. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Uh, that's a real interesting learning curve, though, eh? Yeah. The no, idea I of thinking, oh, I'll make what other people want rather than <laughs> keeping true into yeah. your own obsessions and interests. Yeah, there's, there's other weirdos out there like me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll open it to the floor very soon. I'll keep the projection on. Just get my mic, and if anyone's got any questions, then um, feel free to ask Dan. Um, there's one picture there. Um, where you can see a brush and you're applying with a brush. Um, the, the Gandalf? Uh, yes, I think so. Yeah. W how do you do that? What's that uh, all about? Oh, that's because uh, just like Thanks. the Hitchcock, the, the Gandalf is only hair and <coughs> beard and face. Yeah. So I'm just <coughs> with the um, paintbrush to give it that sort of, you know, scruffy wizard cloak look. Because, so there's, because there's nothing etched into the plate. Oh, right, I, so uh, you're using the brush. Yeah, because it, it was a learning curve to go, wait a minute, why, why am I just scratching big, deep lines to make something black? It looks rubbish. So it just leaves the plate completely clean below the wizard hand and just neat, 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 neat. Right, so is there any particular type of 
brush or ink that you use because I've tried to use um, ink the inks that we have in the print room yeah. with a brush and without very much success. You, you don't like the inks? Um, the no, uh, that's, that's from printmaking next door. I, I, yeah. I, I love those inks. I've got some at home. Who, printmaking next door? Yeah, well, um, uh, uh, across uh, across the, the other building. Yeah, the aqua. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the aqua's fine. I, I, I haven't used anything else. Right. Um, so that, that brush is just w uh, just an old one from uh, Sally's. I, I, I just munted it. Oh you just right. Sort of mush it against your hand so it, you know, sprays out so you can fluff. You, you can do oh that I textured see. paintbrush look so you get that. Okay, that's that's very interesting. Thank you. I've been trying to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting, your creativity there, Dan, with the brush. <laughs> yeah. So what kind of work are you actually doing at Weta? Uh, it's some um, character concept designs and weapons. So do they just give you a brief of this is the character and then you visually create it? Yeah. Is that the yeah. idea? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Cool. Is it like a storyboard? Uh, it's, you get a whole lot of things, thumbnail sketches, basic briefs, character descriptions, and you have to... Visualise Yeah. How did Weta approach you? Uh, I, I was unemployed, living on the Kapiti Coast, and they'd seen some stuff that I did online and gave me the call. Uh, I'm, honestly, I'm not, I'm not as qualified as other people who work there. Like, other people should have the job. Because <laughs> I, I, well, like, no, I'm just saying, like, you know, I, I'm happier with the stuff I do, but, I, you know, there's other people out there that I think deserve it more because I wasn't running after it. So I think if someone was really gunning for that job, they should have got it instead of me. But you know, I'm, I'm but I'm very critical of my own stuff. So I don't know. I'm, I, the the chameleon, I've got nothing against. I I I I love that chameleon. If I'm being too negative about about my own stuff, yeah. I was just going to ask that. How do you get past the cr that critical side of yourself? Like, does it take a lot of effort, or do you just kind of like? do the work and it drifts away eventually. Uh, who was that guy that, like that, um, that famous master, was it Rembrandt or whoever it was, like he was at the end of his life and he said, oh, if only I had 10 more years, I'd be happy with what I was doing. Okay. Like, like this is one of the greatest masters of all time mm. and he's still critical. So I don't really think that goes away. I think there's that little in your head that for most people, I don't know, I, I can't speak for everyone, but there's that little bit of me that's like, oh, it could be a bit, but it's like that, Dan. In terms of running <laughs> around the building and telling everyone there's an artist talk on, it's easy to sell other people's art. If you yeah, have to stand up yeah. and say, I've got an artist <laughs> talk happening, it's right. a lot more challenging. No, so um, but, but I think exhibitions help. If you sell something, you go, well, you know, they're willing to part with the hard earned, so it must be getting there somewhere, and eventually, if you keep on you know, grinding away at it, yeah, uh, you just sort of... You don't lose your criticism of your own work, but I think you become more accepting that other people out there like it. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, uh, like bring up another old master, if I could be as half as good as William Blake at printmaking, I'd be happy. I'd be like, okay, <laughs> time to throw away the brushes because there's nowhere further to climb, you know, so. Yeah, that's great, you've got your aspirations too, Dan, and you've got that yeah. sense of where oh, you're no, at. Oh, no, I mean, I'm, I'm never going to get there. <laughs> <laughs> that's impossible, you know, we've got modern distractions, we've got this, yeah. we've got that. It's not happening, but. <laughs> but but I've got my level up here that I'm trying to get to. Yeah. It's just not William Blake level. That's <laughs> all. It's great though because there is a style in all the works. Even though you're um, being inspired by 
previous um, artists or, you know, or, or a writer or someone mm. that you maybe figured that was pretty influential, yeah. your own style of expressing them comes through in the work. Yeah. Did yeah, the style just right. come up? Was it, uh, does it continue to still evolve or did you notice yeah. it at some point that yeah. you had a consistency? I'd, I'd, if, if I was to pick three, I'd probably be like Blake, Goya, Hieronymus Bosch. Yeah. Um, and, and, and on the other side, if, if you're not talking about fine art or just commercial stuff, there's a lot of really great detailed uh, pulp horror artists from the 1920s and 30s that I love. Mm. All, all of that sort of, you know, women screaming through the graveyard kind of gothic horror mm. illustrations that we've probably a lot of us have seen. Mm. That, that sort of, like, really detailed. Is, uh, the, uh, that's what gets me mm. inspired to try and get that style because it's very difficult. Mm. I, I, I don't know why that's difficult. This is. What, uh, any, any New Zealand art, or have you seen any New Zealand exhibitions in the last few years which you've kind of walked away and gone, wow, that's. That's really hit me, or that's really affected me. I don't know. I'm sort of from a different planet. I don't really pay attention to New Zealand art. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it, it's interesting. It's kind of like um, like you you uh, like take the Beatles for example. Um, you love them, you hate them. It doesn't matter. They're extremely important to music. There's before mm. Beatles and there's after Beatles, or Rolling Stones or Led Zeppelin. <coughs> so I can look at New Zealand art or wherever. And I'll go. That's amazing, but it did nothing for me. Hmm. So, so these people are, you know, these people I see that are far better than I could ever be. But if it doesn't move me, it doesn't move me. Hmm. Just that reaction. And what yeah. about some of your peers at the time at TLC? Did, was there any of your peers that you looked at their processes, whether it be two D or three D or jewellery or printmaking, and just went, "Wow, I really enjoy what you do." Yeah, the, there's about four people that should be where I am, but they don't really like putting it out there. Hmm. So. Yeah, no, I've, I've, I've met some extremely talented people here. It's mm, great. I mean, that idea of the learning connection, especially that word connection, seems to play a big part in people's sustainable creativity too. Yeah. Yeah, at, at, at the same time, I don't like people. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but individuals, like, you find like-minded individuals that I do like. I, I, I don't hate people. I'm just, you know. Yeah, you've got your own journey. <laughs> yeah. You like people, you hate humanity. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Now that you're a graduate, what, are, what would your tips be for students who are just about to finish their time here at TLC? What would you recommend that they do to help themselves get launched out into the big wide world? I don't know. It's a good question. I don't really have an answer for it. Like I, I fell into it ass backwards. It sounds so like social media had a great impact with you in far as <coughs> Weta was able to find you on mm. social media. Do you think social media is underused? Uh, I don't know. I'm a bit of a Luddite. I, I hate technology. People who know me know that. <laughs> but, but it's a necessary evil. Uh, that's my stance. If you love it, you love it. That's fine. I've got nothing against you. But, uh, but I, I still prefer going up to galleries and saying, hey, you want this? But if someone gives you the call, of course I'm going to run. So yeah, put it online. That's if it works. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think they saw it on my art page or something. They never said. I, I, I don't even know where they got my phone number. <laughs> oh, <sure>. Stars aligned <laughs> for you, Dan. It's interesting, yeah. eh, putting yourself out there and being seen, but also I think timing is an amazing thing that is an art career. You know, the right time, right place. And 
bit of serendipity in terms of, you know, you've been able to make that move for two days later and be part of that organisation. Yeah, well, I, like I said, I had a big argument with my girlfriend at the time saying, I'm moving. She's like, no, you're not moving. I'm like, I'm moving. <laughs> you don't pass it up. I'm like... Mm. So sacrifices along the way as well. Yeah. And um, Dan, come in creativity. So you've got that sci-fi novel to be working towards. Mm. And uh, so what sort of process will occur there? Will is I think the person you're collaborating with is a TLC graduate as well? Uh, he didn't graduate. He did certificate, I think. Cool. Yep. Yeah. So he spent some time here. Yeah. And so you'll and so you'll work together. How, how will you collaborate and connect and work your ideas together? Will it just be an intuitive process, or have you got yeah. a sense of how it will work? Well, like I said, um, uh, I I have ten or twelve individuals that I get on with, mm. and and he's one of them. So I I I want to spend time with this guy because he's the same as me. Mm. So. It's great. I mean, um, Basha just talked about social media. Um, I saw uh, a guy who lives up in Carpety Island. He lives off one of the remote islands of Carpety. Mm -hmm. And he was sharing uh, the person you're talking about, um, his Facebook page yeah. and some of his work. So it's interesting the momentum that occurs. And often, sometimes it's challenging to post ourselves. But if other people start to share and post for us, we work collectively, then I can allow things to be seen and heard. It's a, it's a double-edged sword. I won't rant about it, but I think if I was... If, if anyone in this room was doing what they were doing in the 1800s, they would be shot up to a level that I don't think you can get anymore. Mm. Because, the, you know, everybody can put it online. Mm. So that kind of dilutes the, mm. the ocean, doesn't it? Yeah, but you, like you said about distractions, you know, there's technology, there's beeps and there's buzzes and there's vibrations. So yeah. how we can we keep focused with our creativity and, and use social media or, or technology to aid our creativity? Well, mm. Yeah, it's it, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's good, it's bad. Balancing act. Yeah. Um, if you invent a time machine, I will disappear. <laughs> you'll, you'll never see me again. I'll, I'll be long gone, like Victorian England. <laughs> I'll be gone. Yeah. That's good, dude. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, uh, social media's fine. Yeah. I've noticed it, you, I think you posted works last night or Yeah, not, so. yeah. It, it's, just, it's just me. It's yeah. just m my rambling brain doesn't really know when to shut up. So. <laughs> yeah, you've done a great artist talk. Hey, cheers for coming in. Um, thanks for sharing, honestly, you know, how things have unfolded for you. And um, all the best. And people can follow you, I guess, on social media or other things. Sure. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Dan. This podcast was brought to you by The Learning Connection, School of Creativity and Art, tlc.ac.nz.